0: All right, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. I tried to see how I could cut down on that, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't um, delete the Word of God. Because without the Word of God, hey, I have nothing to say. Um, But the Word of God speaks to our hearts, and what it has to say today is important. For all of us, no matter where we are walking. No matter where we're walking, God has a word for us. So I hope that it will speak to your heart today. John 8, 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Where I go, ye cannot come. He's speaking to the Jews here. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he saith, where I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said before, therefore, unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he... You shall die in your sins. I want you to get that, y'all. If you don't believe, you're going to die in your sins. That's what the Bible says. And then said they unto him, who are you? Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say to you and to judge you, but ye shall but he that sent me is true the he that sent me is true and i speak to the world those things which i have heard of him they understood not that he spoke to them of the father then said jesus unto them when you have lifted up the son of man then shall you know that i am he and that i do nothing of myself but of my father that sent me I speak these things and he that sent me is with me the father hath not left me alone for i do always those things that please him as he spoke these words many believed on him then said jesus to those jews who believed on him if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and then he says and and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse our heart. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus begins telling his opponents here. That he's going away, and that they can't come where he is going. So he's simply saying, while I'm here, you need to speak with me. Because what I have to say is what my father has told me to say. I am off my father. Now these things along the way made him mad, made the people mad. Especially when he said, I am off my father, and I've come from him, and I'll go back to him. And where I go, you cannot come because you are from beneath, and I am from above. Now, when I think of these things, listen, there are, there are some things that pass our way that may never pass our way again. I want to give you three simple uh, illustrations of that. First of all, there are certain opportunities which come and which do not ever return again. To every person is given an opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior and their Lord, and that opportunity can be refused to never ever pass that way again. The second thing that this portion of God's Word suggests is, is the truth that life and time are limited. Time is not always going to be as it is. We're slowly running out of time. Uh, I think about my time. You know what? How much time do I have left? That's something I do not know. I know how much time I have spent. And most of that time probably has been wasted. When you look at what I did for me or my family versus what I am doing for God. A lot of the time is wasted. And he suggests here, while I am alive, you need to seek me lest you die in your sins. A third thing, just because there's an opportunity in life, there is also judgment. The greater the opportunity, the greater the judgment. The more we know about the Lord and the less we do concerning him, the harder we will be judged. That's why it's so important to take advantage of every opportunity. Listen, you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression. You need to do it while you have that opportunity. Do it while you have the chance. As I visit rest homes and and people who are shut in in their own home and unable to come to God's house, a lot of them will say, I miss church so much. But they came while they were able Many people today are able to come and do not come. What's it going to be like if you and I end up in a rest home and we haven't been faithful to God? Now, I'm not saying we go there because we haven't been faithful. But hey, if we live long enough, our bodies are slowly breaking down. I'm going to be in a rest home somewhere or another. Or either I'm going to die before I get that. I hope I die before we get there because the boys say, Daddy, don't you worry. When time comes, we're going to put you in the best rest home we can afford. So don't worry. We're going to fix you. We're going to put you in a place. Sad to say, many parents of young'uns do that and hardly ever, rarely go back to see them. So we better take advantage of every opportunity that we have to serve the Lord To be in his house, to bless those that are around us, to see to it those that need help, need a visit, get a visit, okay? Hey, there's probably not a week goes by. I don't think about my mama and my daddy. You know, especially when I go to tithe, my mama taught me to tithe. And I go to work, my daddy taught me to work. And I, I see his tools, That I still have some of his tools in his, his work boots. And it reminds me, hey, he used to be alive on this earth and, and walking around and working, but he's no more. He won't be back here. Every opportunity you have, use it for the glory of God. Because when it's all said and done, the only thing that's going to count is what I've done for Jesus. It won't be what I did for my family it won't be what I did for this church. It won't be what I did for myself. It'll be what did I do for the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, Unless you believe, you're going to die in your sins. Well, you see in the bulletin there, do we belong to Jesus? That's a, that's a good question. Do we? Oh, I love God, preacher. I, I really love God. But I just, I just can't find the time to come to his house. I mean, I'm so busy with my work. You realize the work that I do, somebody will come along after me. If time continues to stand, somebody will follow after me. I won't always be. And the older I get, the less I'm doing, okay, because I'm getting weaker by the days. I can't do like I used to do. I just hope when I'm on my deathbed, if there is such a place out there, that I don't regret not spending more time with this and doing more of that. Because it'll be too late. So what does it mean? What does it mean not to? I want to look at two ways. What does it mean not to know Jesus, and what does it mean to know him, okay? For those of you who have never been saved, listen, I'm talking to you first. What does it mean? (coughs) Excuse me. First of all, it means to be separated uh, from God. Uh, There in verse uh, 21 and 22, Jesus said, I go my way, and you shall seek me, and you shall die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. Why can't they come? Because they don't believe. So what does it mean not to know God? It means to be separated from God. You know, in the Bible, there were uh, lame people, crill people crill, crill, well, crippled people. They were in the Bible. And Jesus healed some of those. Not all of them got healed because they didn't come. Not all of them got healed because they didn't ask. So what does it mean? It means to be separated from God, not to know him. A second thing, if you don't know him, it means that you are an unbeliever. Verse 24 says, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for ye believe not that I am he. You shall die in your sins. You say, I do believe. But I haven't accepted Christ as my Savior. But I believe. Hey, you've got to go further. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart in the form of the Holy Spirit of God and be claim a Christian and be baptized and follow the Lord. We have that opportunity. Not to know him means be separated from God. It means you are an unbeliever. In fact, to go a step further. You are what is classified as an anti-Christ. Okay, an anti-Christ. That means you are not for Jesus. If you were, you would believe in him. You would accept him, and you would follow him. Less, again, he said, you die in your sins. It is a dangerous thing to be exposed to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to turn it down. And to turn it down. Right, I don't want to do it right now, preacher, but I'm going to. I have plans to believe one day I'm going to do it. And when I do, I'm going to sell out 100%. Well, just stay like you are. The first thing you know, you will be sold out 100% to the devil because he has a place for you. There's a place called hell, and that's for the non-believer, the unbeliever, the antichrist, the one who says, well, I'll do it later, or I don't think much about this church thing or, or, or following Christ. I, I mean, I can do it on my own. I want to show you, preacher, what I got. Here is all my land. Here's my big house. Here's my boat and, and my yachts and my, my motorcycles and on and on. This is my stuff. The man told me, he said, I love you, preacher. You can come to my house anytime you want to. But Sunday is my Goffin day, and I will not be in your church, but come anytime you want to. It wasn't long after that, I got a phone call. The man was in the hospital, and the wife said, please come if you can. I said, he's choking. They're trying to figure out why he's choking. I knew why he was choking, because God wanted his soul I went, long story short, he got saved and was baptized, became one of, of the deacons. But he didn't have time. He was a golfer. Let me tell you something. He didn't quit golfing, but he didn't golf on Sunday. He may have coughed on Sunday afternoon, but he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He got saved, baptized, and followed the Lord. Even today, he hugs me and says, I love you. It's an opportunity. You don't need to pass that opportunity. Let me tell you something. It's dangerous to be exposed to the gospel and to say no. What does it mean not to know Jesus? It means to be separated from God. It means you're an unbeliever. It also means you don't know who Jesus is. Verse 25, then said they unto him, who are you? I mean, hey, he's telling them they're going to die in their sins, Uh, that that he's going to go away and they're not going to know where he's going and they can't come to where he's going. And so who are you? Jesus said unto them, even the same that I said unto you before in the beginning. I told you who I was. You didn't believe it now. You didn't believe it then. You don't believe it now. I doubt if you'll ever believe it. But I stand before you and people say, oh, I see he, he, you know, I heard this uh, week. It was on the radio, the uh, story of the blind man where Jesus healed the blind man. And hey, you know the problem in that society? He done it on the wrong day. You want to get healed today or you want to wait till tomorrow? You know, today's not the day to get healed. If you can't, can you put it off and come back tomorrow? What if they died? Preacher, I want to be saved. Well, you know, hey, I'm off on Fridays. Is there any way you can just come Sunday morning and we'll we'll do it Sunday morning? If that person dies on Friday, they end up in hell. You know who's responsible? You know who will answer for that soul being in hell? I will. If a person wants to get saved, I don't care where, when, how. If he wants to do it now, it's now. Hey, I'll stop what I'm doing. What is that scratching? That. What does it mean? not to know God. It means to be separated from God. It means to be an unbeliever. It means you don't know who Jesus is. It also means you don't understand the relationship of Jesus and his Father. Verse 28 says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. I just want to do what the Father wants done. When we look at it sometime on the human side, it's not an easy thing to serve the Lord and do it every day, uh, 24-7, okay? You know why it's not easy? Because the devil will see to it something gets in the way that hinders us from doing what God wants us to do. And you build relationships, and you do things together in order to, Paul said, I have become everything to everybody that I might win somebody. And you've got to do it, guys. You've got to do it. It means you just don't understand the relationship between Jesus and his Father. He said, I came to do the will of my Father. All right. A second thing. What does it mean to know God? Now, this is to us who are saved. What does it mean to know God? It means that we believe on Him. Verse 30 says, as He spoke these words, many believed on Him. The key word is believed. You've got to believe. I had a man say one time, he he told me, he, he said, you see that Bible? He said, when I can understand everything that's in that Bible, preacher, I'll get saved. I said, well, you know, sir, you... You're not going to get saved then. I said, I don't understand everything in it, and I'm saved. There's another man in his 70s that accepted the Lord and was baptized. Did he believe everything in there? He probably believed everything, but he didn't understand everything. You see, you just have to release and turn loose and let go and let God. So, you know, what does it mean if to know God it means to believe on him. Secondly, it means to continue in his, in his word. Uh, verse 31 says, Then said Jesus to the Jews who believed on him. Now you've got one crowd of the Jews that's not believing. Then you've got another crowd that does believe. And he said, Those of you who believe on me, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Sold out. To Jesus, faithful to His Word, faithful to His work, faithful to His calling. Be faithful, be committed. You know, that's a problem I see around here of a lot of folk. There's no commitment. I appreciate you being here this morning. I'm glad we got a great crowd here, but where will you be tonight? Is it a commitment or is it a convenience? Preacher, I, I will be there if nothing don't come up. And you read his obituary in the paper, something came up. Something serious came up. What does it mean? It means to believe on him. It means to continue in his word. It also means in verse 32, to know the truth. Verse 32 says, "Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You know who the truth is? It's Jesus. You shall know the truth. In other words, he was saying, the truth is standing right before you. Do you not understand that I am he? I am Jesus. The Father hath sent me. I am he. And if you believe in me, if I'm the truth, the truth shall set you free. Instead of being a slave to sin. You know, it's sad for a person to be lost and not know how to get out. Wasn't it a testimony, someone helped me, and I may be wrong, okay? I think it was somebody's testimony when the towers fell. The the smoke in one particular place was so thick, and the man was shouting, Come to my voice! Come to my voice, and people was hearing that, and they began to go toward the voice because the voice could lead them out of the horror of death and flames and fire. And that's what Jesus is saying today. Come to the voice. Come while you can. Come while the opportunity is yours. You don't have to. You do not have to. You can remain, this morning, you can remain just as you are. Go eat lunch, go home, watch TV, go to work next week, and if you feel like it, if it's convenient next Sunday, show up. If not, don't show up. The choice is yours. You know, in the night, I I was awakened several times, and I got up so tired uh, this morning. I, I just wanted to stay in the bed. I was sleepy, I was tired. I went to bed tired, couldn't sleep, thinking and checking on grand younguns, and so was Lynn. And I'm thinking, Lord, if, if somebody gonna call and say church has been called off, I'm tired, Lord. But listen, putting forth an extra effort, okay? The devil didn't want me here. You understand? The devil is real. He attacks your pastor, whether you believe it or not. I am under attack every day by him. And it is not easy to stand on the word of God seven days a week. But after I got here, just up the road a few miles, I'm thinking, hey, you're going to have to change. Boy, you're fixing to meet your, your family. They going to be people greeting and smiling and hugging and with your attitude, you're going to be in trouble. I got out of the truck, had spent hours on my hair. <laughs> I mean, I wanted my hair to be right. Well, the wind tore it up from the truck to the front door. It tore my hair up. Well, as I walked in the door, I saw two beautiful ladies and I just done like that. Hair went ever which way, You know why I've done that? To say it didn't make any difference. Because I knew in this side pocket was what they call a comb. So I head to the bathroom to comb my hair. I reach into the side pocket. Oh Lee. And I look in the mirror, i thinking, good not alive, have you ever messed up? The suit had been in the cleaners, okay? And I forgot to put a comb in the side pocket because every one of my suits has got a comb in the side pocket. I'm thinking, boy, am I? And I started to run to one of the ladies and said, could I borrow your comb? No, you don't do that. So I ran back to the truck right quick and God had a comb on the console. (laughs) I pulled that thing out and went to the mirror. It may not look too good to you, but it feels okay. The devil will do anything he can to distract you from doing what God wants you to do. Listen, let me tell you something. When this thing's all over with, only thing that's going to matter is what we've done for Jesus. I mean visiting, calling people on the phone. Hey, I missed you. Sending them a card. And when they get you, hugging them and telling them, hey, I miss you. I love you. Listen, I, your pastor is a hugger. I love to hug folk. I love to express my love to them and and my gratitude to them by just hugging on them. And I know some of y'all don't like that hug, but that's all right. If a breath smells, give him a mint. I was standing in a a bunch of preachers one day. We were just talking, and one of them had bad breath. I I felt like Barney in the choir. I'm going to find out who's got this bad breath. You know, if you remember Barney on Mayberry? He's going to find out who's out of line in the choir. <laughs> so I pulled out a man. I said, hey, you boys want one of these? <laughs> one of you need one. <laughs> 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 uh, but we try to get ready, you know, and we try to get prepared to come to worship the Lord. And today, to me, has been a great day. I mean, just, just the singing and, and seeing seeing y'all, can you imagine, listen to me, can you imagine this crowd being seated from that petition right there and that one right here? Can you imagine that, guys? Those of you who've been here a long time, can you imagine that bunch right there? We wouldn't have a place to put them. I look in the bulls I'm thinking, God, you are so good to us. When you look down there, and I appreciate Deb putting this in here every week now. Balance 369, 862, 93. You know what I thought? I can give 93 cents. And that'll put that down to zero. And I'm look over here. Well, hey, I can give $62. Then we only, I can give 800. Would I give a 1,000? You know, some of you in here could look at that and say, hey, I'll take care of that little part right there. You don't have to announce it. God knows your heart. He knows where you are. There's only one possible conclusion to all of this. There's only one thing certain about man. We were created in a perfect order. And sin ruined it. There's only one possible conclusion to this world. That God created And made a perfect world. And sin has taken it over. Only one conclusion to this is to ask God to forgive us. I said us, not y'all. Ask God to forgive us and to be what He would have us to be. You see, God looked down, saw this crooked mess. Only one conclusion He came to was son, you're going to have to go. And you're going to have to die to pay for the sins of the world. Not all of them's going to believe in you. But you keep on performing miracles. You keep on doing things. And you go to that cross and you lay your life down for the sinners. That they might be saved. And I'm going to be up here watching and waiting for you to come back home. Now, the thing's reversed. Jesus is waiting on his father. To say, go get your bride. If you're not saved, you're not part of the bride. If you're not saved, you're going to be left behind. I beg you. I challenge you. Make a decision for Christ today. I'm going to follow him or I'm not. Don't let that opportunity pass. It may not come again. People are killed every day. There's no guarantee I'll be back in this spot tonight. And there's not a one of you in here that can guarantee that I'll be back in this spot tonight. Okay? I beg you, I challenge you, obey the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you for your precious Word. Father, I thank you that I don't have to be convinced that you're real. I don't have to be convinced that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I thank you that I believe. I thank you that I'm not going to die in my sins. But I pray for all those who are under the sound of my voice today. Lord, those that are saved, God, I thank you for them. I thank you for those who are saved and they are committed to this place. I pray for those that are saved and are not committed, God, that you speak to their hearts today. I pray for those that are amidst in our midst today that have never invited you into their heart. Help them to give them courage. Give them courage, Lord. I ask you in the name of Jesus to bar Satan from this invitation that the the lost could be saved today. In Jesus' name, amen.